Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries. It's good to be with you today. Man, what an exciting time it is in February where the weather is, we're hitting the 40, 50, and even since 60 degree weather. Unbelievable in February. And normally February is an extremely cold month, much like January. But we're going to tell you what, here in Iowa, we are going to take it. We're going to enjoy it. And we're blessed. We're so thankful that that snow that we got, that 30-some plus inches, has had a time to melt very slowly, go into the ground. The ground's actually still very wet and uh, good for, uh, hopefully, as we get ready to the spring season, as the farmers get ready to, to contemplate getting, uh, beginning their planting and all that other great stuff. And I'm sure those guys and gals are working on their equipment, making ready for the spring season. What an exciting time of the year as we go about. But maybe today you're traveling down the highway. You've turned on KBOE 104.9 FM on your radio. I want to thank you for listening to us today and being part of Vital Ministries. And just encourage you as you travel today, be safe out there as you go. Many things are going on, uh, watching out here in our great state, and just uh, take your time as you go to and to the direction of where you're headed, and just take that extra minute. Also, to have a joy-filled uh, time as you're driving. We're going to be talking about that more today. Also, to those of you who are on your way to church this morning, what a great time to go and be a part of the church and just go together as brothers and sisters in Christ and join together. What a great time that that is. And encourage you as, you as you travel as well, just be safe. And also too many of you say, Mike, I wait until the last minute until this is finished before I go into church. I love it. Thank you so much for being part of your Sunday morning. And also to those of you that are home today, you might be in your shop working, you might be sitting on your uh, chair next to the, to the radio listening to what's going on. I want to thank you so much. Uh, for being part, I can't help but think of, uh, oh brother, where art thou? And, and people would sit there and listen to the uh, the governor, the the, uh, the flower hour. And, <laughs> and maybe that's a point for you guys. You're sitting there and just listening and just looking for words of encouragement today. And that's exactly what we're a part of today is having words of encouragement. You know, j just remember, we've got two big things coming. I'll talk a little bit more in great detail. Obviously, we've got the Super Bowl that's going on today. Who is going to watch the game? Most of us will. Some of us only watch watching football. That's the only game that they do watch. I've heard that said on the radio and different things, but what a great game it's going to be. And also, too, don't forget, two major things happen Wednesday. Number one, it's Lent. It's the beginning of the Easter season as we look uh, forward to Easter, that time of celebration of a risen Savior. Obviously, we go through and, and we think about the cross and all those things that Jesus did was extremely important for us to find salvation for him, in Him and that our sins might be forgiven. But we just want to continue to remember that season. Sometimes Lent is a season of giving up, something that you give up. And you might be praying about that. What is something during the next 40 days that maybe Holy Spirit's talking to, to you about giving up. So that's really, really important. Also, too, Wednesday, it's Valentine's Day. And uh, we normally will meet at Vital Men on Wednesday nights at the Lighthouse Church in New Sharon. We're actually taking Wednesday off. I'm encouraging all, everybody in, our, in the area of, of Vital Men to pay attention to your wives this week. Get them out. Take them out for supper. Enjoy your time together. It's really, really important. And it's essential in your marriage. And it's essential in, in, in the life of, to have a healthy uh family life as well. So again, pay attention to Valentine's Day, guys. Don't forget flowers, chocolate, perfume, find out what it is. Strongly ad ad encourage you, don't buy her clothing. Most women won't like what you got, what you buy in the first place. They like to buy their own stuff. Stay away from that. Again, you can't go wrong with flowers. Most of the time, chocolate and perfume 
in my household is always a hit. So just want to encourage you about that. Just remember those things as you go about Valentine's Day. Also, too, remember that we send out devotional six days a week, part of Vital Ministries. You can get on both Vital Life and Vital Men, and you can get sent by email to your phone or to your to your computer, and it's just that extra nugget in the midst of your week of going and, and studying the Word of God and growing into a deeper level. So I just strongly uh, recommend that you do maybe jump into one of those things. Also, we are in week two of Finding Your Joy. It's truly a daily journey, isn't it? We realized that last week that joy came from the Lord, doesn't it? That it was a gift from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's not something we can muster up. T- tonight, again, the Super Bowl. Millions around the world will be cheering for either the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers. To be honest, I'm hoping for the Chiefs take it. I'm, I like that Chiefs nation. I like uh, I like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They just, they, uh, that's just my pick. That's my thinking. But it will, will it bring joy to my life if they win? Not really. Will it make me happy? Yes. It's not a deal breaker for me, but without a doubt, like everybody else in America, I like to watch the game. It's fun. It's it's just a good time. They say over a billion dollar a billion uh, buffalo wings will be consumed today for the Super Bowl. So if you got buffalo wings out there tonight and uh, you're watching the game, just remember you're not the only one out there eating buffalo buffalo wings as well. But all too often we. We bear joy as something that comes to me. But to be thankful, to be truthful, joy flows out of the person who believes in Jesus. It gives and it doesn't take. I think that's why a woman has so much joy in giving birth. The key again is joy. Basically, moments after the pain, most forget and can really do it again. I marvel at that as I see the extremity of pain. I've seen both my 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 son and my daughter being born, and I saw the extrusion of the pain that was happening as, as their mother birthed them. But at the same time, I couldn't get over the joy that was done immediately. They, they want to grab that baby. They're kissing it and all that other stuff. There's great joy in the midst of that moment. Another thing this week, uh, as I shared with you, is Valentine's Day comes when I believe that joy can happen in a marriage when each partner, man and woman, look outside themselves to their significant other. Nothing brings, brings uh, me greater joy is to bring delight to my wife's heart. That is finding joy in serving and not receiving. That's what Christ did with the people he met. He served and choosing to be served. He chose an attitude of serving and brought joy to the Father. As an example of that, Jesus' baptism, Matthew chapter 3, verses 17, 3 through 17, it says that after Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me what? Great joy. Again, Jesus humbled himself to become human and lived in our broken world to take on a cross for our sins, to pay a price that we should have paid. That brought joy to the Father to set things right, clear back from the Garden of Eden when selfish Adam and Eve wanted to rule as to having God ruling them. Today, we are going to look at three attitudes that Christ exhibited that can change our attitude to self of an attitude of joy. And I believe that we can live a better joyful life if we put the attitudes in our everyday living. Now, bear in mind, Paul is again writing to the church in Philippi. He's encouraging them to work together, to be single-minded in their work for Christ. 
to put aside petty of, of, uh, attitudes, divisions, rivalry amongst each other. And, and you can see that and in, in, we're in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And if you're home today and you got your Bibles open, we're going to be in chapter 2. We're going to deal with half of it. We're not going to touch so much about what how Paul comments on Timothy or Ephroditus. But in verses 1 and 2, he says this, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit and your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. See, I find it interesting that the church struggles so much in getting along, fighting over music, paint colors, pews or chairs, having having a, um, an organ or a piano. These are just a few illustrations of the conflict that go on within a church. And Paul's, Paul's saying, get past that. Be one-minded for Christ. These things don't matter. What matters is to be single-minded in, in Christ. And when we do that, in those areas, we will find joy. But see, I, the, the problem is that if I see that in this situation, it really comes down to a lot of times selfishness. And if, you, and if you don't get my way, well, I'm going to take my personal things and I'm out of here. Too often, we are in a society today that does not stick through, but simply walks away and just struggles and no longer uh, eliminates the situation, eliminates people. We're in a cancel culture today that is that is moving in, a, in bigger ways than we can ever, ever imagine. You get somebody upset with you uh, on social media, man, you're gone. You, they don't like what you posted, you're gone. It even is in relationships today. I find out that there, I've, I've seen family members and, they, and things that go on, uh, frustrations. But see, Paul, this is what's important. As we talked about last week in Philippians um, uh, 1.27, it said, no matter what unexpected disrupt, disruptions, frustrations, or difficulties come our way, we are to respond with Christ-like attitude. We should be standing firm and striving for the faith. Paul writes, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. It says that in Philippians 2.5. We're going to get there. And we're going to talk about those attitudes, attitudes of, of, of things. See, what he's, say, what he's talking about here is demonstrating humility, selfishness, and relationship. He also encourages us in Ephesians 1 to be imitators of Christ as dearly beloved children, as children love to imitate what they see and repeat what they hear. We are also charged to imitate models Christ's behavior and be clear reflection. Now, I think it's important for us as we look at this, as, as see that was exactly what was going on in, the, in, in this portion of the Bible. Now, we're getting back to attitudes, back to to what an attitude should be. So we're going to read that. I want to, I want to go back to Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 3, and look at this attitude. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Now, this is what we're going to talk about. Don't be selfish. The next one, be humble. That's the next one. Thinking of others is, is better than yourself. And don't look at your own interests, but interests of others. You must have an attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died 
a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all names, other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, there's a lot that's going on there, but it's really, really important for us to understand of the right attitude. Right attitude brings right relationship. See, Paul writes that attitude should, again, be one that imitates Christ. In these two verses, we see three things, again, that talks about attitude. Selfishness, excuse me, selflessness, humility, and service. Now, let's talk about that again, selflessness. What selflessness means, that I, I, I give up myself in order to look forward. Now, a great example, again, of that is between a husband and a wife. My wife oftentimes will ask me to do different things. Uh, and sometimes as being a teacher, she's, she, uh, she will repeat herself. And sometimes I call her, she gets into what I call teacher mode. And what I mean is I all of a sudden I'm being, I'm being changed from being her husband to being one of her students. Now, I could get really, really angry. I could get really, really defensive. And I could actually get to the place of allowing bitterness in my heart over it, right? But what I've realized that is that is actually actually a quality in her, obviously in the classroom, because she does such she's such a woman of order. She does really, really good with kids that struggle because she puts in order. Everything's A, B, C, D in my wife's life. She would struggle in my world that my world might come to C, then it goes to F, and then it comes back to A, then it goes to G. I mean, it's all over. There, it's, it's a moving thing throughout my day as being a contractor because I'm dealing with different things in my life. But see, selflessness comes to the point where I look past my selfishness and look to her and realize and appreciate the qualities that God has placed in her. That's selflessness. And I just encourage you, men, I'm speaking to you a little bit here this morning, is, is, is to look past those things because you got the same thing. You have things that irritate her, things that you that struggle with in her life, in, in, with her in your life, of you example. And I think that's part of being selflessness. Also, too, let's bring it a little bit closer, especially uh, uh, amongst believers. Selflessness goes on. You know, th th this past week, uh, we had at our church, um, a Valentine's Day banquet, and I and I loved it. I walked in and I, and I saw uh, one of our our ladies, Kanitha. I just love her, Dennis and Kathy, and they, they were they were already cutting up the loins, cutting up, preparing for the Valentine's Day banquet that was going to happen on Saturday night. See, they love to serve. They love to give to people. They want to see the joy of people having a good time and fellowship and joy in the Lord. See, that selflessness of going and giving. They don't get paid for this. They don't get anything out of this. It's just the joy that they get. Obviously, there's, you know, there's funds that are raised for it. But really, the truth of the fact is seeing that people come and have an enjoyable evening. That's selflessness. That is the thing that, that, that really they strive for. And I think the same thing is so important in a church. How often can we have selflessness? Yeah, obviously, I, I'm a pastor at Lighthouse Church in New Sharon, Iowa, and I lead the elder board. But the elder board has the vote and also has the jurisdiction of what goes on. Obviously, I lead, but they have the they have the power to override even though what I'm saying, they, that, that can happen. 
So what I'm finding in, in my selflessness of leading, the more that I can lead in selflessness and, and, and taking on that attitude, I find out that my leadership grows stronger. And I find that so interesting if we could really take that, take that into the workplace. How often do we go and have selfish ambition to strive and to want to grow and get and further and further along? You know, there's nothing wrong with going and wanting to attain and get and gain and get better, but not at the cost of the selfless of the selfishness over another person. And I think that's important today because everything about our world today says what is most important is number one. But the next thing that Jesus talked about and having an attitude that I believe that brings joy to your heart that Paul wrote about is humility. Man, I tell you what, that is big. Humility. How often in humility, now I don't mean humility does not make you a doormat, but humility, I can't help but think of Jesus as, think with me for a second, as he was preparing the Passover supper, the last time, the night of communion that he has with his men. He takes on the humility of a slave and when his men come in because they would not wash each other's feet or his feet, what does he do as the leader, as the Christ? He humbles himself, takes out, takes off his outer garment, and he washes their feet. That's humility. See, back in the time of Christ, back in the time of the Roman era, that was only done by slaves. Slaves were, were that was a humiliating thing to do, to go and to serve in such a way, wash off the crud off of someone's feet. But Jesus took on and said, this you do in remembrance of me. This is a living example. Now, I think of that in church. How often, we do, do we need to do a foot washing thing? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I think there's a whole lot more other things that we can do in humility within the church to help people out. Um, I saw about a week ago, we had a, our warrior breakfast. So what a wonderful time that we had. Just a great group of guys. But afterwards... We had some men. We had one of our, our seniors uh, men, one of the pillars of our church, who is is struggling with a health issue, had fallen, and was in the bathroom, and it was in a really, really bad place. Two of our men take on the humility and go and help get him up, clean up the situation, help him to shower, help him to get his get clothes back, get his clothes back on, and get. His, his wits back together, that was humility. That was, that was in such a way of, 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 of regarding someone else more than yourself because that's what you do in humility. You go and do the humble things. You know, every, every, most, every morning I go and my job is for my wife. My wife needs me to do this. We have horses and we have to clean out the stall. She cleans out the, the lower stall, which we have our, our thoroughbred ice He's down in that stall, and she cleans that stall. And I, we have two other stalls up on top where we have our have our uh, our mares. And my job every morning is to clean out the manure, clean out the 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 urine, uh, uh, put clean put new hay in on the floor, put new uh, feeding hay into their troughs, put in fresh water into their buckets. You know that is in a way a humble act. 
but it's a way that I can serve my wife in humility to help her because obviously she's a school teacher. She's extremely busy first thing of the morning. She has to go out and do all these things and get ready for school and, um, and get ready and go about her day. And it's just really important for us as we do those things to look at a place of humility, a place in which we can humble ourselves and, and, be, and, and do things for again with our spouse, also do things within the church, and also do things in the midst of the world we live in. How often in humility do we actually walk into a restaurant and we see a table that is unclean or needs to be cleaned up, and oftentimes we will get frustrated with either the, um, the person, the waitress, or someone in, why haven't you got this cleaned up yet, as opposed to jumping in and helping them with the cleanup. Man, I tell you what, when you do that and you help somebody do things like that, I tell you what, that is a place of humility. That is a place where you can actually win somebody over just to do the fact of your humility. Now, the third thing that, that Paul talked about was service. Service. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. <coughs> Each of you should look at not at your own interests, but also the interests of others. Serving. How often do we serve one another? How often do we serve people? Way too much we want to be served as to serve. And that's one of the things that of, of our church. And I think about that as the pastor of our church. I'm here to serve the people, not for the people to serve me. How can I go out? Uh, different examples. We have a we have a couple uh, in our church that has a has a sister that is um, uh, in hospice, and she's at another community clear clear away, a distance, as much as an hour distance, uh, an hour drive away. And I called them and I said, "Hey, I want to let you know, um, you know, first of all, this person no longer came c comes to our church anymore. They did at one time, but I've never never met this person." And I called him and I said, hey, I want to let you know, if need be, I would be willing to go to go to this place and go to hospice and pray with you and your family and pray for your sister. Oh, Mike, that's not needed. Well, I understand that. But the thing is, it's a place of serving. It's a place of what I could do and go and go and do because it is the right thing to do in service. That is part of ministering to people. And I think, too, oftentimes in, in serving, um, you know, how can we serve each other, especially within the, within the body of Christ? How do we serve one another in such a way that we care for one another and have regard for each other? Now, a lot of times on, on, on Sunday morning, you know, we get, we prepare, we get ready for people to come to our church. And, they, and the important thing is this, is in serving is, you know, going in the bathroom. Do you clean up after yourself when you're in the bathroom, especially washing your hands and all that? Do you, do you wipe, do you wipe down the counter? Um, do you go and, and you go get your cup of coffee and it's somebody else's spilled? Do you clean it up or do you walk away? I see some of the greatest things about service is when nobody's looking around, it's, it's really, it talks about the character of who you are and the service that we give back to God when no one is looking. Isn't that true? Serving. And I think that's what God wants us to do in such a way is that we serve him and do things for his uh, reflection. See, in other words, an attitude of a Christian should reflect one of the focuses and the needs and the interests of others. See, without question, that does not come naturally to us, does it? When, when Christ came into the world, he established a whole new attitude 
to relationships with others. One day when his disciples were arguing amongst themselves, uh, this is interesting to me, who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? Jesus said, do you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them? Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant and whoever wants to be, uh, whoever, uh, wants to be first must be your slave as the Son of Man did, not to come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus is teaching us that when we become preoccupied with our own things, it can cause conflicts and other problems with people we know. Instead, God wants us to have an attitude of serious caring and involvement in the concern of other people. See, Paul speaks more about the Christ-like attitude in this letter to the church that not only in Philippians, but also in Ephesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires to be made what new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God into righteousness and holiness. See, many religions today, including the New Age philosophies, promote the old lie that we are divine or that we become gods. But the truth of the matter is that we never become God or even gods. Satan's oldest lie was promised to Adam and Eve. If, they, if you follow their advice, you shall be gods. See, each time we try to control our circumstances, our future, the people around us, we're only demonstrating that we want to be a god. But we must understand that as creatures, we will never be the creator. See, that's so much important because uh, having it in attitude, see, his attitudes and his character, we are meant to be made new in the attitudes of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. Isn't that so true? So with that being said, God wants us to have an attitude of Christ likeness so that we can imitate and be single-minded and following Jesus. And when we do that, folks, that is the place in which we will find great joy. Having an attitude of Christ changes everything. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, again, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to praise you, the opportunity to give you glory. We love you, Jesus, and all things. We praise you, and we want to be more like you. We love you, Jesus. Help us to have an attitude that reflects your character, and in doing so, we might find exceeding joy in you. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, what another great time. We have two more weeks on this teaching series, Finding Your Joy. We'll see you next week. I am Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries.